The letter to the Galatians chapter, oh my notes say 56, but it's actually chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, guess this is a safe place, even though I don't know how many chapters there are in this book, but but this is a safe place. If you're new to the Bible, you want to read the Bible for yourself, you can just, if you didn't bring one, just Google Galatians 6. Uh, and if you uh, include the initials ESV as an English Standard Version, that's the translation I'll be reading from, you'll find yourself uh, a place to follow along. You're going to want to see this for yourself. Galatians 6, beginning with verse 6, translator heading over the entire section that we're in right now, reads, bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. If you... Listen, if you knew that you would succeed, what would you attempt to do? If you knew what you, that what you did would succeed, if you would succeed, what would you attempt to do? What would you do if you knew that by doing it, your desired outcome would be guaranteed? What would you do? What, what would you do? What we're about to read, listen, what we're about to read is going to blow your mind. (laughs) It's going to blow your mind, especially if you've been tracking with us in our study through the book of Galatians. This might be this most surprising thing Paul says yet. For if we know that what we do, by doing it, we will succeed. The outcome is guaranteed. What would we do? Most surprising thing, I think. Some of you are going to say, this is, the, if you thought Galatians was surprising so far, and it isn't like the most explosive, angry book in the Bible, this might be the most surprising thing yet. Look with me. Follow along. Galatians 6, beginning with verse 6. I'll read, then pray. Verse 6. Paul writes, Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Verse 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Verse 8, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Verse 10, So then, as we have opportunity Let us do good to everyone, and especially those to those who are of the household of faith. Very words of God, join me in a prayer for understanding. Father, your words give life. This has been our experience. Your words change our hearts, change our minds. This has been our story. We pray, Lord, I pray you would visit us in these few brief moments where everyone all of us is, are listening and meditating and searching 
and hungry with your book open before us. Feed us. Show us your glory. Show us. May, may we see your Son, our Savior, as we contemplate the things that matter most in this life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I asked the question this morning, because this is an interesting passage. How, how would, just leaning on some technology, how would ChatGPT introduce my passage? You know ChatGPT. How would ChatGPT introduce my sermon if artificial intelligence attempted an, uh, maybe a, a humorous introduction to a sermon on Galatians 6, 6 through 10? Well, here it is. Here it is. First try. Punched it in. Here it comes. In Galatians 6, 6 through 10, here's the sermon illustration, uh, introduction. Paul is dropping some wisdom like a comedian with a punchline. He starts off by saying, hey, if someone is teaching you some good stuff, make sure to give them a round of applause. Dot, dot, dot. Or maybe just a nice dinner. They deserve some recognition for their hard work, don't you think? Keeps going. But, but here comes the funny part. <laughs> Paul goes on to say, don't be fooled though. You can't just plant corn and expect to harvest popcorn. <laughs> it's not magic, people. <laughs> He's basically saying, come on, use your common sense. If you sow good things, you'll reap good things. It's like expecting a bag of potato chips to sprout a potato farm. That's just not how it works. Next paragraph. Then Paul gets all motivational speaker on us. <laughs> He's like, keep on going. <laughs> keep doing good, folks. Don't give up. Even if it feels like you're running a marathon in a clown suit. <laughs> Trust me, there is a finish line. And it's worth it. He's reminding us to do, that doing good things may sometimes feel like a hilarious circus act. <laughs> but it's all part of the grand plan. But wait. ChatGPT says, there's more. <laughs> Paul drops this gem. So while you have the opportunity to be generous to everyone, it's like, it's like Oprah's favorite episode. <laughs> you get a blessing, and you get a blessing. This is artificial intelligence. You get a blessing. Everybody gets a blessing. Spread the love, folks. <laughs> He's urging us to embrace our inner Oprah. <laughs> this, is, this is what comes out when you type it in. <laughs> and share blessings like we're hosting our own talk show. <laughs> it's like a divine game of pass the blessing. <laughs> he concludes, he, her, it, concludes, concludes, maybe. <laughs> Hang in there, folks. The comedy show of life may have its ups and downs, but the rewards are worth it. <laughs> The comedy show of life may have its ups and downs, but the reward is worth it. Keep doing it. Keep doing good. Don't give up, even if you feel like you're running a marathon in a clown suit. Trust me. There's a finish line. And it's worth it. Ah, we may be out of a job soon. <laughs> It was really easy to type that in and see what came out. It's pretty good. 
<laughs> not that. <laughs> Uh-oh, it's scary. It's, it's pretty good because here's the shocking final practical life application boots on the ground words of wisdom for how to live from the apostle paul to the early christians who were trying to decide what are the moral ethical implications of their new faith how then shall they live how then shall they live in light of what jesus christ has done for them and for us in doing everything it's the book of Galatians. Doing everything necessary for forgiveness and righteousness and justification and reconciliation with God. We're made right and whole. We've been studying for months and adopted by God as sons and daughters with all the privileges, spiritual blessings, and a future, a sure future on account of nothing that we have done. Faith and faith alone, free for the taking, if only we will take it. And then then Paul says, Paul says, here's, here's the rule to live by. What you put in is what you'll get out. What you put in to this life is what you'll get out of this life. What you put into the Christian life is what you'll get out of the Christian life. No pain. No gain, right? You get what you give. You get what you give. Don't give up. Remember what you, where you started. Find a way. Push yourself. Hang in there. I'm starting to sound like that motivational, uh, sp- motivational poster of that kitten hanging from a rope. Don't give up, right? What in the world? What in the world is Paul the Apostle doing? It feels, doesn't it feel as if he's unwinding the whole thing right at the end? His very last point. His very last instruction. I thought, don't you think that the letter to the Galatians was about the freedom that comes from the true gospel of God? Not a distorted, corrupted gospel, but the truth that I can stop trying to earn my way and working my way into a right good relationship with God by by doing good stuff and now Paul is saying what you reap what you sow you reap what you sow how does how does you reap what you sow jive with it is finished If you haven't been struggling with that yet, welcome to last night as I tried to sleep. How does you reap what you sow jive with it is finished? Well, let me explain. Best I can. First of three points. They all begin with the letter P because I'm bringing alliteration back. <laughs> three P's. Number one, first P, the principle. Just Help us walk and tangle this thing. The principle, look with me again at verse 6. Verse 6. Let, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Now, I'll get back to this verse in a, sec, in a second, in a moment. But, you, but you're going to notice that it corresponds actually to the last verse in our passage. I'll show you in a second. The whole, the whole section, it functions like a sandwich with, with meat in the middle, you might say. Verse 6 and 10 are the bread, pun intended. 
the bread. Pun intended, you'll catch on because verses 6 and 10 are about money. Come, come on. <laughs> you get it. But let me just say, before we get back to that text, but what Paul means when he writes, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches, or the, as one commentary summarized this verse, the chapter in his commentary on these verses, he just called it, pay the pastor. <laughs> pay the pastor. Listen, before I move on, let me just say, the Apostle Paul has in mind way more than money here. Even chat GPT <laughs> caught that in the summary. So this morning's application will not be, just get ready for it, it will not be sow your seed, show me the money. <laughs> I'm going to recommend way more. And you'll see, 6 and 10. Do good to help everyone. Money's the easy part. But verse 7, the principle, here it is, the principle. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. What you put in is what you get out. It's a simple farmer illustration. I know we know nothing about farming here. Maybe some of you are backyard farmers. I actually talked to the Jacksons. If you remember the Jacksons during the COVID, during the COVID, is that how we call it now? <laughs> during the COVID, forget the pandemic, whether or not it was a pandemic, but the COVID. During the COVID, the Jacksons moved to Northern Canada to farm. And it just hit me as I was talking this week that they're praying for rain. Lord, may it rain in Northern Canada because they planted the seeds at the farm but it hasn't rained. And I thought, I haven't, golly, that's a new concept for me. I, don't, I pray, does it not rain, right? <laughs> Please don't let it rain anymore. But, but here is a simple farmer illustration. Plant the seed, then wait, and then harvest, reap. Plant the seed, wait, and then harvest. As Pastor G Chat GPT reminded us earlier, you can't just plant corn and expect popcorn it's not magic, people. <laughs> a little condescending. I don't know. But it's not magic, people, though. And I, I agree. It's not magic, people. You get what you put in, right? A basic principle. This is how the world works. And if you don't pay close attention, you might just mistake it for karma, right? For a city folks, karma, which, which Hinduism defines. Listen, I, I, lo oh, I love this. Karma, Hinduism, describes it as the force generated by a person's actions to perpetuate transmigration. transmigration. I love that word in the context. It means the movement of a soul. The force generated by a person's actions, what they put in, to perpetuate transmigration, in this case, incarnation, and its ethical consequences to determine the nature of the person's next existence. What you do affects your future. And your future might just be a couple seconds away. What you do affects your future. What comes around goes around, right? Karma, which we reject 
completely, absolutely. It's antithetical to what Christianity proclaims and believes. If you're here and you think, I'm a pretty good person, that's why I'll get into heaven. That's baloney. It's not here. You haven't heard us say it. You might have heard some of these other guys say it. It's not true. (laughs) It couldn't be further from the central message and the tenets of our faith. Karma is a lie. Karma's a lie. Or is it? Or is it? It is. Okay. (laughs) But listen, sometimes a lie is a lie because it's only half the truth. Sometimes a lie is only a lie because it's only half of the truth. The Apostle Paul isn't making a 180 here. He's not turning a 180. He hasn't abandoned his defense of the gospel. This all sticks together. He doesn't abandon his argument. All that God requires of us is faith. Paul's still arguing this. All that God requires of us is faith for salvation, for all the benefits of His great plan, which itself, this faith is a gift from Him. It's the gift that doesn't stop giving. The grace in us to believe, if you're here and you believe, the grace to receive, from God, what God has done for us. We do nothing for Him. (laughs) We're debtors to mercy, we sing. But, but, Paul's making a point here. How shall we live? How shall we live? Verse 7 again. Do not be deceived. Strong words. Paul says it just a couple times in the New Testament. Do not be deceived, verse 7. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Listen, this isn't you get what you deserve. It's not you get what you deserve. Galatians 1.1 through Galatians 6.5 has been, we don't get what we deserve. 6-6 six, six doesn't start with, well, let's flip it on its head and now it's you get what you deserve. This is not you get what you deserve. This is just common sense. You want more? Do, do, you, want, do you want more? You want experience? Just think about yourself. Now we're talking about how shall we live? I'm a Christian. I'm following Christ. I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm, I'm, I've taken up my cross and I'm following him. I'm denying myself that I might have him. If you, and if you want him, if you want more, you're saying, now what do I do? I believe. I've been transformed. There's a whole new world opened up to me. My eyes see things they've never seen before. My heart is beating in a different pattern. And I want to experience the soul-satisfying fruit. Chapter 5. Fruit of the power of God in my life. I, wanna, I want the list Did you remember that list? I want the list just a few paragraphs ago. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Memorize these. Goodness. I'm going to trust my notes so I don't mess it up. Faithfulness. Gentleness. I want self-control. I want the powerful influence of the Holy Spirit that indwells and animates and energizes and changes human 
beings. I want God to control me. To master me. I can't master myself. As hard as I try, I'm a slave to my passions and my flesh, Paul calls it, myself. I want to be made more like him, Jesus. And with it, all of its good, I feel it. I want it. Who doesn't want it? Who doesn't want the freedom? Just think, where, where is Paul here? Paul, Paul, who doesn't want the freedom from the, the terrors of my own cravings? My, the terrors of my own cravings. This week, I was walking with my wife, Kiersey, who's in children's ministry, so I can embellish a little bit and make myself look good. No. Uh, it's early in the morning. Hey, sweetie, she's going to listen to this recording. <laughs> it was early in the morning. I'm walking with my wife, Kiersey. We've just woken up, and I had just woken up from a dream where I was so mad. I was so mad in my dream that I actually, I call, it surprised me though. I don't know why it would surprise me, but I used foul language. And when I used it, it woke me up. I was so angry. I was shocked. Woke me up from my sleep. And so then, here I am, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes, before I got out of bed, and, and, and we were walking. It was and I said to Kiersey, I just don't know why sometimes I get so angry. Who doesn't want to be freed from these things? I, I did. And maybe I am a little. <laughs> Today, more than yesterday. Sometimes two steps back, one step forward. But who doesn't want to be freed from such things? I do. Do you? Yeah. The works of the flesh. Remember Paul's other list just a couple paragraphs before just just prior chapter five i want to be freed from sexual immorality from impurity sensuality paul writes i want to be free from idolatry the the, the cravings the, the belief the conviction that something will make me happier than giving all I have and everything I have to God himself. Something else can be my God, an idol. I want to be freed from that. Sorcery. I don't know, card playing now. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Do you f Rivalries, do you feel it? Dissensions, divisions, envy. I want to be freed from envy. Drunkenness, orgies. And Paul, very disconcerting, writes in things like these. They're all evident. He writes these things like, oh, how we, we, want, we want to grow to loathe things like these. Well, the point here, the principle, all of this to get us to this spot, the principle is explained in plain language in the next verse, verse 8. There it is, if you look with me, verse 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh will, re will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. You get what you put in. 
Feed the me monster, and you get more of me. Feed the me monster, and you get more of me. Feed, feed the spirit. Sow to the spirit, Paul says. Sow to the spirit, and you'll get more what? Spirit. Or as many, many biblical scholars and preachers for hundred years now have repeated from one commentary into every commentary on this text, every scholar, the old adage, sow a thought, reap an act. Think it, you'll do it. Sow a, sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. You'll keep doing it. Reap a habit. Sorry, sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, keep the habit going, and you'll reap a character. It'll become who you are. Sow a character who you are, reap a destiny. To which good old John Stott, 150 years ago, he wrote, this is good biblical teaching. <laughs> Again, to which I was like, wait, what? <laughs> this is good biblical teaching. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Listen, if this surprises you, this is nothing new. This principle, in fact, it falls right in line with what we have been encountering already in Galatians. Listen to this list. Here it is. Here's Paul. We've been doing this now for a couple months, maybe a month and a half now. Paul says, here's his instructions after five chapters basically of no application no to-dos it was all what god has done then he picks up you want a list of to-dos here they are live by the spirit be led by the spirit keep in step with the spirit and now lastly so to the spirit looking for a list what <laughs> we might say paul doesn't trust you with a list like like if he gives you a list of to-dos you'll do them you won't I won't. But here's someone who will. Live by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. So do the Spirit. Now, with that principle in mind, I don't know if it's because the gospel is so free and so incongruent, dissonant, you might say, with our experiences, our personal experiences as Christians, with our lives. It seems the deeper and deeper we go, listen, this is my experience, the deeper and deeper I go into the, the, the glories of the mysteries of, of God's plan of salvation and creation and mankind, the starker, the deeper I go into it, the further down the rabbit hole we chase this truth, oh, the starker the contrast between what I'm experiencing and what I deserve becomes. I think that's why. I think that's why so often you, you hear people report, you might have reported, I have said time and time again, it's as if I've been born again again. I've been born again and again. When people describe their spiritual lives, oh man, so many of us, we describe our spiritual lives, it's like spits and stutters. I got going, then I kind of, I, I, I fell back, I backslid, I, then I picked it up again. I, I recommitted my life to Jesus on like 20 occasions every Sunday night at that Baptist church. Some of us have been baptized more than 
three times, many men, we, our lives continue not to match up with what we are experiencing. We are not getting what we're putting into it. You're not. You're not getting what you're putting into it. If the Lord would intervene just for a moment for all of us, if there's any part of you left, and I know there is, not because of me, but because of what this says, there are parts of you left that think, believe, operate under the principle of karma. We're not talking about getting what you deserve. But you, you, you think, exactly. Exactly. You might even be thinking, exactly. And that, that person over there needs to listen to this sermon. Because you get what you deserve. You reap what you sow. Don't be, don't, don't be confused. They're all pointing at you too. You need to listen to the sermon too. The, I need this sermon more than all of us. Don't, don't be deceived. We don't get what we deserve. But, but, and this might be why we're so often deceived. Because we're not getting what we deserve, we start to think maybe we're earning it. <clears throat> what Paul is saying here, is that it doesn't take a genius or chat GPT, artificial intelligence. It doesn't take a genius to recognize that we reap and have been reaping and will reap what we sow. Are you struggling with your faith? Right? You feel like giving up? <laughs> Maybe you're not sowing to the Spirit. And you're reaping unbelief are you tempted in a particular way oh man the list is long is alcohol some sort of substance <laughs> pornography you, you struggling with jealousy I, I, now I, i'm not condemning it but i but i am saying that it could be a problem you might be sewing while you're on Instagram or you pick your whatever and what you're reaping is things like jealousy I'm not saying it's wrong but along with like everybody else in all of Silicon Valley the people that make those apps you you might be reaping. It's, it's a principle. Are you lonely and disconnected? I, I'll tell you what will make you feel more lonely and disconnected. Stay at home and don't be with anybody. Confused? You got doubts? You, you're looking at this and you're saying, yeah, I got a lot of questions. This doesn't all make sense, but I don't really understand it. And I'm, I'm struggling with it. I got some opinions, but I don't, I don't really know how to put it all together. And so, you know, I, I don't know. 
You feeling like that? Well, you, you, might, you might be sowing the wrong kinds of seeds in the wrong field. You, you might be listening to that guy on YouTube more than you're reading this book. And you're reaping it. Are you fearful? <laughs> Maybe you're reading too much news. I tell you what, not to pick on something, because I like them, but Apple has this thing called Apple News that no matter how many times I delete it, all my devices still have Apple News, and I don't know why, it just keeps popping up and telling me stuff all the time. <laughs> and, and I could even say, it's not my fault, but I bought the device. <laughs> and as one of my children reminds me regularly, Henry, uh, you don't have to buy an Apple device. And I say, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tries to show our whole family, and he's going to listen to this sermon. Henry, you should show our whole family that your Android phone is better than our phone. But we're just reaping what we've been sowing. <laughs> You might be fearful because you're planting scary seeds. You might be distracted. Oh man, this is a t this this for me could be one of the easiest. No matter where I go, I got the internet everywhere. I'm the, I'm taking a shower and I can, I can the Bluetooth speaker can give me the news of the day and then I can be brushing my teeth and be like, well, I wonder what Elon Musk said today. And so I'm watching that and then. And then, and then I get down to my computer and I'm like, oh, look, here's my friends and their emails and whatever books I'm reading and stuff. But there's also all these blogs that are awful. They're exciting. Back to YouTube, whatever it is. And I feel distracted. Because why? Because I'm sowing to my flesh rather than the one who can give me self-control. who bears fruit that looks like discipline, focus. The law of sowing and reaping, don't be deceived just because you're good gospel people. It's all over our Bibles. Every time we, just think, every time like, we allow our mind, for example, to harbor a grudge, Maybe, maybe nurse, nurse, you know, a grievance. I got, I got something against someone. Or, or you entertain a fantasy, and that fantasy is as varied as there are people in the room, whatever it is. Or, or, or self-pity. I'm just going to pity my circumstances and woe is me. No one understands me and this and whatever I was dreaming about. I'm not going to tell you that. <clears throat> and dreams, angry dreams. And keeps encouraging myself, oh, thinks about them. Sowing to the flesh. But <clears throat> the pursuit, living by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, Sowing to the Spirit, placing those seeds of, we'll say, godliness 
into my soul and my mind, what happens? The Spirit, not me, the Spirit at work in me produces Christ-likeness, peace, courage, affection rather than aggravation, patience rather than demanding that everybody comply with my task lists and calendar. We reap what we sow. That's the principle. Now, very briefly, get your attention. Now, the practice. Here it is. Paul wraps the, 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 our whole passage, verses 6 and 10, with a practice. Here's the practice. Verse 6, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. See that? Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Then verse 10, if you skip all the way to the end. So then, after saying all that principle there, this is why I'm saying this. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Not just the teacher. Let us do good to everyone. Share all good things with everyone. And he puts a little disclaimer here, a little condition. Especially those who are of the household of faith. Especially those who are of the household of faith. Describing us as a family. This is surprisingly local church-centric passage. Especially those who are of the household. Paul goes from the one. Here's his argument. Here's the one. Let me give you the principle. Here's the one to the many, right? Pay your pastor. <laughs> Even argue, It's good for you. <laughs> it's good for you. But he's talking about way more than money. And you do this. This is where we can just celebrate the grace of God, the, the you might say, the work of the Spirit among us, you do pay us. When we try to pay Mike, but he won't take any of our money. But, but you supply everything we need. And more generous towards us, you care for us. But, but like I said, money's the easy part. Even if it feels really hard, money's the easy part. Money's actually like, a, you might say, the leading indicator of what's going on in your heart and, and what's going to follow. Because what follows is it, it, it's affections. He's, uh, uh, you might say, legally, technically, I'm an employee of us. <laughs> you're my boss, but you're not. I'm a servant of Christ. First Corinthians. Instead, you share way more. That's the easy part. The, the harder part is to love me. To share affections with me, with us, with those that teach you. And it goes beyond your pastor, pastors and pastoral team. To care for us. Oh, and you care, you care for us. To counsel us. I was talking about this this week with somebody in the church. And I was saying, in some ways, this is about paying your pastor. And that's what everyone says. It's all about paying your pastor. But there is a sense in which the, the pupil shares what they're teaching back to the teacher. As the Lord meets you and you grow and you rejoice, you share it back and you do that. And that's, that's what we're talking about. Is share all good things with the one who's teaching. Like, hey, hey, if one of these guys, if, if we preach a sermon, we teach and, and good stuff happens. And you do. Share it with us. Even teach us. Share your very lives with us as we share our lives with you. 
But there's something much bigger here. Much bigger here. Verse 10. So then as we have opportunity, and that's a loaded phrase because you've got opportunities. It's not like, well, if you ever get a chance, you have chances. And if you don't have chances, it might be because you're so into the flesh. That might even be financially. I keep feeding the me monster. I got nothing left for everybody else. No, Paul says, share with everyone. Do good to everyone, especially those of the household of faith. Paul, Paul here, he, there's no favoritism. Paul, Paul here is reminding this these Christians, this, these churches in Galatia and us that, that we need to have our, you might say, priorities right and give ourselves, give ourselves of all of us, our time, our affections, our skills, our gifts, everything, our homes, our cars, our stuff, everything to the things that matter most, to love one another, to love one another. Here's what one scholar writes here. He says, some people find this embarrassing, particularly verse 6. Martin Luther did. He wrote it in his commentary about Galatians, which sparked the the Protestant Reformation. This scholar writes, some people find this embarrassing, but the principle, the biblical principle is emphasized over and over again. The Lord Jesus said to the 70 who sent them out, the laborer deserves his wages. And Paul makes explicit use of sowing and the reaping metaphor to teach the same truth. If we have sown spiritual good among you, 1 Corinthians 9, is it too much if we reap your material benefits? He talks about it in Timothy. Oh, he talks about it everywhere. Some people find it uncomfortable to imagine that I'm to share all my good things with others. To share. (laughs) And Paul says this is just more of the same. Here's what it looks like to walk in the Spirit, just like those lists. You notice that the deeds of the flesh are almost exclusively sins against another, which he introduced those lists with. You're biting and devouring people like wild animals. And the fruit of the Spirit is just the reverse, the opposite. Bear, bearing good, good fruit in our lives by bearing with one another, by caring for one another, by sharing all the good with one another. That's why we do things like small groups, so that we don't just walk out of here and not share anything the rest of the week and the rest of the year. (laughs) It can feel like the rest of the summer will go by and you're like, I don't know what I have given to those around me. Paul's Paul's saying, oh, we're to give our lives away just as he has given his life away to us. And how are we going to do that? By sowing to the Spirit. By walking with the Spirit, living by the Spirit. There's the practice. Nothing new, nothing spectacular. But here, number three, we got the principle, three Ps, the practice, and maybe best of all, the promise. The promise, verse nine, the promise. Let us, <laughs> chat GPT, I won't quote that chat GPT again. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap. We will reap if we do not give up. As many scholars will say again, payday someday. That's how they summarize the whole thing. Payday someday. A a, a set, fixed way the world works. 
You reap what you sow, you reap what you sow, and you have to be careful not to think and deceive yourself that somehow I will get away with a certain thing or certain way of life, and I'll get away with it, and I will never reap the consequences of it, the fruit of it. No. And again, sometimes that's dressed in grace. Jesus will forgive me. Have you ever been... (laughs) Hopefully you've heard it from all kinds of Christians. You ever been in Pastor Mike's office or house or with us and, you, and you've, you've said, but what's the difference? I'll be forgiven. At least this be my practice. I usually turn the, the cards. I might have already done this for you because I love you and I want to warn you. That's not how Christians talk. <clears throat> That's not how Christians talk as if I can assume he would forgive me. Actually, that's the principle here. That's the principle here. That's why if you notice up in verse 8, the end of verse 8, he says eternal life. This is classic Apostle Paul. He's like compressing things together. You might say like, well, wait. I reap what I sow. If I sow to the Spirit, I will get eternal life. Oh, we've undone the whole book of Galatians again. No, he's compressing the whole thing together because they go hand in hand, part and parcel. Those that do the deeds of the flesh, Paul warns, will face corruption and judgment. Those, those who experience the fruit of the Spirit, wonderful indicator. Strong indicator. Leading indicator they're going to experience more than abundant life now but life forever with the savior they're so interrelated this is this is where again we can be deceived it's payday someday we don't get away with anything the savior pays for all of it all of your sin every one of them the one if you stop for a moment and you think about and it comes to mind and maybe came to mind for the hundredth time, I regret that. I'm embarrassed by that. I feel that. I'm suffering. I'm reaping what I sowed. That relationship is broken and I wish I could take it back. The actual transaction there, the offense and the penalty that you will never pay for, you can't pay for, If you've hidden yourself in Christ, he paid for it for you. But Paul sees the two so close together that he says, if you you sow to the Spirit, you'll experience the fruit of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit in you. These things will be true about you. You'll have eternal life. But these things, your, your possession of this salvation is not contingent upon your man, the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. The manifestation of the fruit of your Spirit, see how Paul thinks is, tells you that you have possession of it. Who can sow to the Spirit? Only those who have the Spirit. Who has the Spirit? Not those that earned and got a ticket and waited in line and bought it. The Spirit came upon you if you're a Christian and you were born again. And that's why it feels like time and time again, as you get it more and more, you say, I feel like I've been born again, again. You're only born again once. But the rest of them feel like that sometimes. 
This is the law of creation, the way God made it. And here's my last point. We, me first, probably the rest of you in line, we, we often expect the sowing and the reaping to happen on the same day. And so we're either deceived or we grow weary. And that's where the promise comes in. Don't be deceived. It works this way even though it doesn't happen in a day. What you do today, what you do tonight has implications for how tomorrow will go and the next day and the next decade. Our actions have, that's just, isn't this shocking and surprising at the end of Galatians? Your actions have long-term consequences. If we sow to our flesh time and time and time again, not only will we suffer now, but we might not ever even cross the finish line. Not because you perform poorly, because he never got out of the gate. So what a, where does Paul lead us in this again? Not into a confidence of ourselves that what we reap is what we've sown, but a desperate, desperate plea again for the work of the Spirit in us that we might believe that it is finished for me and for you to repent of our attempts to do it on our own and then so time and time again that the Lord the Lord might work in us now and keep us for that day where he will hold us as we sung this morning fast would you pray with me father Father, I pray no, to everybody in the room, but in particular the one who at this moment is contemplating, contemplating whether they should, whether they should turn from everything that they have lived for. Lord, for the, for the one in the room this morning who after all of this is wondering if it would be worth giving it all up that they might give themselves to you, trusting you for their future. Lord, Lord, I pray you would give them the gift of faith this morning. Lord, I pray that they would be encouraged as we close and sing. Lord, I pray that they would, Lord, your spirit would move in them to have new receiving grace in their life called faith. And Lord, that that would be the moment. Lord, I, Lord, I pray for moments of new birth, even this morning as we walk out into a wonderful day that you have made. Oh Lord, would you do it this morning? Grant us all faith that we might believe and in believing, trust you and in trusting you so time and time again to the Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.